Welcome to Shakti's podcast. At Shakti Health and Wellness Center, we practice medicine which deeply values the importance of relationship between doctor and patient. Our integrative medicine approach focuses on the whole person, is informed by evidence-based medicine, and makes use of integrative therapies to help you reach your optimal health and healing. We will stress the importance of prevention of illness as well as treating symptoms. In our podcast, we'll be covering topics in health, wellness, and fitness. Our goals are to empower you with knowledge to take charge of your health and live a healthier lifestyle. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Today, our topic is going to be families living together and speaking about COVID-confined families and the stressors that that brings. Um, So our guest today is Dr. Sheila Reddy, and she will be giving us some excellent uh, mental health advice. She is an executive health coach and a psychologist, and I welcome to the the podcast, Sheila. Um, We're very happy to have you here. Thank you, Jyoti. I'm happy to be here to give any tips and suggestions. Okay, so the reason I'm bringing this topic up is because it comes up a lot in our Facebook live feeds as well as with my patients, you know, the struggle of um, starting with the stay-home order, the work-from-home, remote learning. It's kind of forced us all to be home together. Our adult kids are sometimes coming home to stay with us. Our, Our younger children, we have to be on top of them for school now as well as our jobs. Everybody's at home, kind of stuck together. It feels a little bit like a trapped feeling sometimes. Um, And it personally, I think it felt a little bit like godsend in the beginning. Like we, I was very excited to have, you know, this thing slow down and have the family back together. And the beginning, it was kind of an interesting transition. But then now two, three months in and now, you know, several more months in, we're all kind of finding, I think, that being together all the time has some stressors. And so... Um, I know that there are some, you know, new struggles that people are doing and there's a new norm. Um, what I'm finding is that there's a lot of increased irritability. What are you seeing? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, definitely, you know, actually there's lots of statistics that are showing that the rates of um, domestic violence have increased during COVID with confinement. Um, and, you know, when people talk about domestic violence, they just think about it as being, you know, between partners, but really there's been an upscale in just a lot of um, conflict within families, um, be it adult to adult, children to adult, you know, um, in other, in several cultures, there's multi-generational families living together. Um, That makes it even more difficult because they are unable to take care, you know, this confinement, but, you know, if there's a multi-generational family and, you know, the adults, the caretakers could go out. Now they're not able to go out and they have to have a second layer of worry because of the elderly family members in the household. So, and um, as we were talking earlier, when you have adult children who've left the home and they come back and they've had their own set of norms on the outside and they don't really want to be back home, but they're home. And when you say adult children, they could be somebody working somewhere else. It could even be your college-age student who's left for a couple of years and now has come back to your household, but has really changed in many ways. It becomes very difficult to navigate all of that. Um, and that's the struggle that families are facing, you know. So these, they're sort of like the caretaker and the relationship to adults if they're in the family. 
the caretaker and the young children and then the caretaker and the teenager or the college age student and then going up the other way. So all these interactive patterns are now disrupted. Right. And aside so, from just the, um, the, the relationship issues, there's much more sometimes responsibility, especially when kids are um, doing remote schooling. Now the parents who usually have their full-time jobs are also trying to take care of kids schooling, um, trying mm -hmm. to navigate through the Zoom. And so there's more responsibilities on them. So I think that there is just, uh, you know, what I'm finding with my patients is there's just a lot more to handle. Um, and, and, and for some reason, I feel like women tend to carry more guilt about not spending enough time, quality time with their kids or their kids are on, you know, their, their devices, electronics. More, electronics mm -hmm. And so now we feel guilty about that, but we also feel guilty that we can't spend time with them because we have our full-time jobs. And then, you know, it, it just, there's just so many more, um, issues like that and, and the kind of being torn to take care of your elderly family members if they're not living at home sometimes you have to they're in another house you're also responsible for them so right. uh, yeah yeah I mean I mean Jyoti you just brought up a topic that could be a whole other podcast which is just women and coping with COVID but if we're talking about just a, you know I think we'll put for now we'll just stick to um you know, kind of the general, all the family members living together part, which I think um, there's, again, two segments to it. You know, how do you live together when you're not used to living together? And the uh, the second part is this responsibility, either be it the adult parent and them taking care of the young kids. Uh, the bottom line is, you know, as a, as a unit, all the boundaries that used to be there, whether you could go to work and come back, um, and have some space for yourself, or you could go even go to the grocery store and come back and have some space for yourself, um, has been, ha was entirely disrupted in the beginning. It's gotten a little better now. But the, the key issue I want to bring up is, is those boundaries. And those boundaries are blurred by what you talked about, is this, this feeling of guilt or this feeling of, I need to do a lot more, and I don't have enough time in the day to do all the things I need to do. And that is a very difficult space. Uh, I, I think genuinely for some people, there isn't enough time in the day to, to manage work and kids. And now with young kids going back to school online, it's going to be even more difficult. Um, and the second part of that struggle is, do I get help into the household or not to help, right. you know, take care of my children? Um, and, you know, some people have done some effective strategies around them. So I think the first part I want to address is, you know, how do you, mindfully sit down and accept that you need some boundaries right right I, I you know when we when we discussed this earlier the first thought that came out is you know introverts versus extroverts even you being you know people aren't even mindful of who they are as people so one is to kind of assess yourself in the family each family member like how much of your time is you know you're extroverted and you're, you're okay spending time with people and you know you need to take some time for yourself to nurture that introversion part of yourself. And, you know, the weather is good now. I think winter is going to be even harder. At least you can go out, you know. Um, I think people have to make that choice to step out and take time for themselves um, to nurture that part that gives them energy, which means if you need your quiet space, if you need um, to be away. Or on the flip side, if you're an extrovert and you need socialization, then how do you get it in a safe way? So you need to meet those needs to keep mentally healthy. Um, 
was it? What was the other part? And so that that would be, I think, one part is really maintaining those boundaries. The second part, I think, is you need to be flexible, like some fluidity, because if you're used to your household looking a certain way, being a certain way, COVID's thrown that all out of the water, right? Right. I think so, that's the normal, right? Yeah. And the new normal would be, you know, really under, you know, taking time to understand how each family member now ad- operates, what their terms are. And, it's, you know, I always say, like, running a family now is like running an organization. You need to have some business meetings. Um, right. uh, you know, you need to take the time to sit down and divvy up responsibilities and what your expectations are and have that communication. Um, and that's not a lot of what families do effectively, right? They don't sit down and say family meeting times. It's, it's one thing I've done through family therapy where people have had issues and have said, you've got to sit down and organize your time um, and organize how you divvy up responsibilities and ask for the help you need which some people have a difficult time with. But I think through COVID, it's really important to access as much help as possible because um, family members, adults taking care of children, it's difficult to do it all by yourself, right? Right, recognizing those um, issues. I, I think I really like the thought about people really kind of looking inward to see what they're, you know, just simple things like if they are an extrovert, introvert, but also really coming to grips with, the fact that they, how much help they need and what they need other people to do and delegate more. Um, even if yeah. it's our kids, and I am a big culprit with that too, I don't I don't utilize, I think, these able-bodied children we have that can actually do some <laughs> work that we need to do. And I feel responsible for doing, taking care of the kitchen and the cooking and the grocery shopping and all of that when, you know, they're more than capable of doing all those things with me. Um, and so I think that there is a lot of... Um, you know, looking at it as a family is a nice concept to having these family meetings and delegating. Right. You're an organization. I mean, I come from an organization, you know, I, I am a, I'm a psychologist, but I also love, you know, how to make organizations and, and teams and all of that work more effectively. And I think, you know, you as a family or a team and everybody comes with their strengths. Everybody has their neuroses or idiosyncrasies. Absolutely. But and you need a leader. And I think that's why, you know, you've got to figure out who the leader is. And the leader um, has to take charge. Uh, and in, 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 I, I had this, somebody told me this when I was in leadership position. And he said, she said, and maybe this is stereotypical, but she said, you're, you're both a mother and a father. And what she meant by that, and she said, I, I mean it in a stereotypical way, where the mother has to be nurturing, but the father has to perform some rules. And you can't really be um, feeling guilty about that. You know, so somebody takes up the leadership position delegate and in a in a way that's really helpful because when you delegate and you put in some structure and and people are doing what they need to do they're not sitting there like mulling over the fact that they're lonely or they're not getting what they want or they're depressed that in the future they're not going to have prom to go to or you know i'm not able to travel as much as i want to so doing on a daily basis um is actually a really good thing and so the leader can help navigate that and it would be good for the entire family. On the flip side, as a leader, you also have to see that some people can't do all the things because they're built differently. Right. And the so, lead and the important part, I'm sorry, um, would be that the leader takes care of themselves. Yeah. Go ahead. Right. And I think the one thing that I, I think this is a great time to have this discussion in terms of getting a new pattern coming into the fall where a lot of people are now dealing with school issues, whether their kids are going to college or their kids are going to school. 
because when I first personally speaking, when this first happened, I think the reason we didn't do family meetings and didn't have a structured program was we kept thinking it was going to change. We kept thinking, oh, this will pass. This will pass soon. And we didn't realize how long it was going to be. So now that we know that, you know, the vaccines might not come out till the end of the year at the earliest, Mm -hmm. we want to be able to navigate the next four or five months um, where we have a plan. And I think having a plan is always, you know, you feel better, you have more control, um, you feel like you have, like everybody's got buy-in. And so that just sets a little bit of ease, I think, into the chaos of, you know, kind of not knowing what's coming next. Right. So I and, and I had, the, and you know, I have this interesting concept too, which, you know, as I was preparing for a meeting, it is, you know, I'm a very organized, structured person and I like things at a certain time and if it's in a certain time, I'll get it done. But everybody's brains doesn't work that way. So it's, I was thinking about, you know, all the research around it. And it's like, so some people can work with specific structure and absolute specific structure. They work really much better knowing that I'll do this in the morning, you know, at, at this specific time. Other people uh, like what I call, um, um, what I coined as a flexible chunk structure, you know, like you get to do a certain number of things within a certain number of period, but you have flexibility in that period of when you choose to do those things. So I call that sort of a flex chunk structure, which is very different from absolute structure, which mm-hmm. is, you know, 9 a.m. I'm going to do this, 10 a.m. I'm going to do this. Um, and that works for some people. So one tip would be to assess, you know, how your family member works and, you know, work around that. But at some point, I think it's really important in the structure, and I, I repeat this all the time, is to breathe and move. You know, take time to be mindful of your body and take time to, like, move for 30, 40 minutes. Um, and that movement could be, you know, just vacuuming the whole house. But the movement will help mental health. Uh, so what are some of the other coping uh, strategies that you would recommend for families to do when they're staying together? So uh, we talked a little bit about the boundaries, you know, how do you establish your boundaries for yourself? Um, the other part is, you know, um, important versus unimportant. So really assessing what's important versus unimportant, I think, would be uh necessary because yeah I, I was actually talking to your one of your family members about this and it's like you know yes they have a zoom call and you know the child needs to get onto this call and the mom needs to try to get the child onto the meeting while the mom is also having a meeting in the office right so how do you decide which is more important and that's a decision you need to make it's your elementary kid it's a reading assignment but you have a a meeting with the CEO that you really have to take and you can't be disturbed, sometimes you have to make those choices and say, you know, I can take care of that. It's, it's important for my child, but I think I can fix that in the evening. I can do that lesson with a child, um, but I need to take the call with the CEO. So, you know, people have to make those choices because you really can't do everything together all the time right now. And we have to consciously make choices of important versus less important and prioritizing that in a mindful basis so you're not stressed out trying to do everything at the same time. That's a good point because I think planning is key for the day. And you know, this, 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 this necessarily isn't planning. It's just taking like 10 seconds to be mindful, like asking yourself that question. What's the valence of this particular thing? And then some people do have a hard time with mental boundaries, like, can I package this away? 
and learning how to mentally package it. And that comes again from that thinking process of let me put this away right now, like in a conscious way, either write it on a piece of paper and say, okay, I'm putting it in this box for later. You know, right. right now I need to focus on this. So making that conscious choice in the moment, because it's also fluid. You know, what you might think is important and you plan for the next day can come and some things might shift. Yeah. For example, you know, I had a flood in my house and I have few clients. Then what do I do? You know, the flood needs to be taken care of. Right. We so, don't really have a choice in that. <laughs> yeah. So also flexibility plays a role in terms of being yeah. able to roll with things. But in that flexibility, that thought process, I think this is where anxiety comes in, where people say, I'm never going to get to it, and it's all going to go down to hell. And, mm. you know, this catastrophic thinking um, is, is a difficult thing. So how do you assess whether it's catastrophic and come back to that, you know, I have a roof over my head, my kids are safe, we're all healthy, you know, like the basics of keeping and I don't call it positive thinking. I, I really call it like a reality check, you know. In reality, are you safe? Because the brain goes into this, this fight mode or flight mode in panic mode, which, which basically say, says like the lion's going to come eat you up. You know, this is horrible. This is catastrophic. But it's really not. So how do you create spaces to, to sit down and have a reality check when you're feeling like there's a catastrophe? Right. And I think this is also where a little bit of gratitude can be helpful, too. Again, it's not mm -hmm. it's not um, it's not wishful thinking or anything, but it's just being grateful for the small things. It starts to change the way our brain thinks about our view of the world. And so doing the gratitude, a couple of looking at three things that you're grateful for every day has been also shown to be very helpful in changing our outlooks. Um, so that's Absolutely. a little tip that people can do. Yeah. So sort of in summary, we talked about really assessing, you know, what your needs are um, in terms of recharging, introversion, extroversion. We talked a little bit about kind of setting some boundaries for yourself. Um, thirdly, we talked about somebody taking up a leadership position and delegating things to everybody. Um, fourthly, how do you, you know, mindfully structure, decide how to structure your time so something, some things and the more important things get done on a daily basis so that it adds up to kind of the bigger part um, and then mind, you know, be mindful of being flexible and deciding what's important versus what's not so important on almost like a moment to moment basis or at least like every hour basis to help keep your sanity. And, and also we, and then the last thing we talked about is gratitude. Um, absolutely. That these are the little things and they're working well. And if the other things are hard, we still have all of these things to turn to. Yes, and like everything else, you know, these are just um, considerations and places to start, but also, you know, every individual and every family is unique. So, you know, seek help when you need it. There's a lot of resources. Dr. Reddy, tell us about how people can find out more about you and what you offer, as well as maybe some resources for them to look at. Um, so, I mean, you can find, actually, my website has a, a ton of resources for reading uh, books, articles. And the website is www.spirittherapy, S-P-I-R-I-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. And apart from that, you can access more resources regarding COVID on the CDC website, on the American Psychology Association website. There's also an association for anxiety and depression that you can look up. 
Um, what we talked about was a little bit more complicated, like family dynamics. There's, um, there's you know, people that do couples therapies. There's people that do marriage and family counseling. I do both marriage and family therapy as well as organizational consultation. So, you know, seek somebody to give you perspective, to shift, um, you know, working with somebody with a coaching background is helpful because, you know, one of the things that the, the coach does is not just sort of like listen to you, but really give you, you know, help you develop some tips and tools and accountable behaviors that can change your system. So I highly encourage people to, um, even if they're working with a therapist, try to take that sort of coaching approach for themselves because you need to take away tools and try to implement them so that actual change happens in the family. Yeah, those are excellent tips. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me and sharing your ideas. And thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can follow us over Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And drop us some suggestions for future topics and any questions that you might have.